0: Hi, weather friends. Welcome to the Girls Who Chase podcast. Stories of women in weather and storm chasing. I'm Jen. I'm a storm chaser and science communicator, and I'll be your host. Girls Who Chase is a new initiative that empowers and inspires girls and women around the world to pursue the sciences, the weather, and their passions. On this podcast, we'll bring you the badass female and female-identified voices of the storm chasing, weather, and science community to raise and tackle some real-life tough questions and issues, and identify solutions and paths forward. You can find out more about what we're doing at girlswhochase.com. Now, on to the show. Sarah Alsayeg refers to herself as the first Kuwaiti Arab storm chaser, and if you know anything about Arab culture and history, you know that's a big deal. Sarah's from Kuwait and first started taking pictures when she was young, when her journalist father gave her her first camera. She would practice by taking black and white film images of her family. And after college, she started to take photography more seriously and would take her camera out and capture anything she saw in the cityscape. Then she discovered landscape photography and has since traveled to the United Kingdom, Iceland, and the United States to learn from the best. Storm chasing wasn't on Sarah's radar, pun intended, until she saw an image of an haboob taken by a female photographer in 2010. And then she was hooked. In 2011, she captured her own images of an haboob that hit Kuwait and the Arabian Peninsula, and since then has dedicated her energy to learning to chase and take pictures of storms. She travels to the United States every year to participate in photography workshops on the plains and to get her storm fix. I've been trying to decide which question to ask first. I think let's start with how did you start chasing? So oh, okay. the your trajectory of, you know, how you got into photography and then how chasing became a part of that story. Oh, okay.
1: So um, I started taking images right after graduating from college. So I was like, you know, just to kill some free time. But because my dad is a journalist and he was owning like these cameras, like fascinated with cameras. So I believe um, maybe before graduation, I was using a film camera. I was like, all I want to do is take images, black and white film. I was like, really, it was outstanding images. And then after that, I was like, I don't want to do it. But then after graduation, exactly, I was like, I want to go back to do stuff. And there was not so much things to do at that time in 2005. So I told my dad, I want to borrow your camera and start, you know, taking images of literally everything, even stray cats, like seriously, everything. (laughs) So, um, then later in years, I was like, um, I, I tried, uh, you know, taking images of street photography, fashion photography, and then uh, landscape photography. And then, I, you know, where you find yourself then right on the right place. This is what exactly happened to me. And I was like fascinated with cityscapes and landscape photography at that time. So I said, I want to learn more. And because landscape and city, cityscape photography is mainly you need to know about weather. Because you don't want to take an image of blue sky, that that's all. So from there I was like, you know, checking the weather and seeing is it gonna be cloudy, is not gonna be cloudy, is gonna be rain or no rain. And you know, I just didn't know anything about weather. No maps, nothing. I just go to the weather meteorology for Kuwait and see cloudy, not cloudy, and that's it. And two thousand and ten, um, 2010, yeah, uh, a friend of mine and uh, a female photographer, she was based in Kuwait. They took an image of a large hubbub just, you know, rolling like a huge curtain. And then the skyline of Kuwait, I was like, oh my God, I want this. So I was like, I want to do it. I want to know how, how it happens. And, you know, by time you just forget about it all about it, but it's, it's there on your mind. Uh, in 2011, I remember it was a whole week, of uh, um, the monsoon season in Kuwait in May. It starts from March, sorry, uh, March, April, June. And there was like a huge talk. There's going to be a huge hubbub. There's going to be a huge dust storm coming. Be careful. And it was like for a whole week. On a Friday, I called my friend. And I said, Hey, listen, I got this nice point of view for a sunset. It's on a rooftop. And he said, Yeah, let's go. And then we were on this rooftop. So it was like we were standing, and the whole rooftop was a disaster all wires, satellites, and all. And I was like looking at the sunset. What is this coming? Is it a cloud? Suddenly, it's just something like coming. And he's like, I forgot there was news of a, a boob coming. I was like, okay. <laughs> he said, just pick your lens, have the tripod on, close your back. And once we get the image, we need to just run because it's going to be a very bad. I was like, okay. And then this huge, very massive dust just coming all over. I was like, "Oh." Okay. <laughs> My God, my heart was like beating like fast, so fast, and then we ended up on the street, all we couldn't even drive for two hours. It was like the whole city was shut down because of this massive, massive storm and I remember looking at it on the on the on the radar i mean the the dust radars. It's like a huge one, just coming all the way from north, all the way, covering the whole Arabian Peninsula. I was like, that's going to I want to know more. So from then, I was like, I just need to learn. But in, in Kuwait, we don't have these uh, workshops or whatsoever to learn about. So I was like, looking at the weather, it's going to be a dust storm, it's going to be a storm. What's, what's, what is it like? I didn't know even about maps at that time. So later on, um, Mike Olbinski he, he got to see this image. Uh, and then at the same year in June, Arizona got this huge haboob, and Mike got it, it was like on the same year. So we got to know each other and we're like chatting and said, Hey, I have a, a tour in Arizona, It's like, book me in. I didn't know anything. so monsoon plane, nothing. So when I went there, I was like, where are the tornadoes? I want to see a tornado. It's like, there is no tornado in Arizona. I was like, why? I Because I thought this idea that U.S. had all the tornadoes all over. I was like, okay, now I know. So I had this image. I, then I knew, knew that, okay, Arizona is famous for monsoon, and then the planes is in the Texas, Oklahoma, all these places. I was like, okay, now I understand. So by time I got to understand all this about the weather, basically. And then um, Mike contacted me, contacted me later and he said, Hey, listen, I have a plane uh, tour, I was like, book me in. I want to know, I just, I just want to come. I want to see everything. So since then I've been coming to the state. Every year, just a storm chase. Wow! How long are yeah. you out here when you come? Uh, first, I mean, from two thousand and fifteen to up to twenty nineteen, I just stay here for fifteen days. You know, join Mike for six days or ten day, and then come back home. And everybody is saying you're going to the US and staying for only twelve days. I was like, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know anything there. I, yeah, it's like, it's a whole new continent for me. Absolutely. Well, and yeah. it's kind
0: of hilariously ironic too, because people usually come here to go to New York city and go to LA and see all the tourist attractions and you're spending
1: your time in the middle <laughs> of nowhere. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's right I mean, I, That's so everybody's like, uh, you're going where's like, I mean. I got to Denver and then I ended up God knows where once, I mean, once you're in Texas, then maybe you're in Oklahoma or Nebraska or maybe Colorado. I mean, I, you just, I just lose, you know, the time where, which state I'm in, unless you see the speed limits. Okay. I have to connect speed limits. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) So...
0: I noticed in your Twitter bio that you are the first Kuwaiti Arab sort okay. chaser. So talk to me a little bit about, I mean, it it it's a really interesting combination of cultures. We're we're piecing together here, right? Um yeah. and I know that there's a lot of history with um women and culture in general in in Arab culture. So Talk to me about kind of your growing up period and how that affected you, and then what it means to you to be the first culturally.
1: See, um, I I wrote first because I've never seen an Arab, let's say Arab, not not Kuwaiti only, an Arab female storm chaser. Or what they do is, like, they go and chase. Because no one talks about it. If you are a woman doing this stuff here, I mean, they would normally not talk about it. Because I've faced this. Even in my um, Natsuki photography, I'm good at what I do. But I do not see that so much support from, you know, the male part. Because it's, I don't know why I always have this question. I mean, they do, they do support others, but they do not support women. Women generally have, I mean, especially female photographers here in, in this region, they have so much of amazing images. I know Couple of landscape photographers uh, here in Kuwait, and they suddenly stopped taking images. They said it's it's hard. It's it's a man's world. I was like, why? You just you just if this is what you want to do, you just keep on doing it. Culture wise, here it's it's kind of open, but at the same time, it's not. So you would see so many female doing all this stuff, like, uh, photography, uh, they do, uh, fashion photography, they do like commercial photography. Like it's, it's kind of an open now with this, um, new era of, you know, women want to be out there. And honestly, in my culture, it's more of women, they are half old. But at the same time, now it's, it's everywhere. Actually, it's, it's this, this, this thought it's everywhere. But now, no, everyone is doing what they love. I mean, in Kuwait here, we have, um, female who are weightlifters. They go and, and compete. We have like, uh, a female who do, uh, you know, this, uh, sports stuff that's related to men and everyone is. Is looking at it. It's it's completely changed, but still it it exists. That men think women should not do this. I mean, in my in my situation, I had so many comments about. Okay, Sarah, she cannot take uh, stone images. Someone is taking it for her, or it's photoshopped. I was like, it's it's me. I'm taking this image. I'm doing it, and all, and. Honestly, my family, they have been so so supportive about what I do and about um photography in general. They think I'm crazy, but they know that it i'm I, I, I know what I do. and you know my mom sometimes give me she gives me these comments. this is not a girl thing to do. <laughs> I was like, mom. There are so many female storm chasers out in the U S so it's, it's completely fine. It's again, it's knowledge as well. And recently she keeps asking me, how's the weather like on Friday?
0: (laughs) I mean, we're all crazy. So I guess that part is probably true. (laughs) You're in good company there. Um. Can you break down a little bit more for me? So when you say that there's still that kind of um, feel where uh, women should still be housewives and doing these things and there's still pushback, is it coming from men or it's just more of kind of because that culture had been around for so long, it's taking a long time to kind of eradicate that? Feel.
1: Yeah, that culture has been there for a very, very long time. I mean, um, when I, 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 when I coach, because I'm also a coach, so when I coach uh, the girls, some some girls come comes at me and say, "Um, is it okay for us women to lift weight?" I was like, "Um, yeah." They just have this idea that you're gonna be bulky or gonna be. I was like. No, a woman cannot be bulky. They, they still have this, you know, very old generation thought that if you do this, you're going to be looking like a man or you're going to be called names and all this stuff, I mean, still, still here in Kuwait, when I go and chase at these, um, these men was like, why, <laughs> how, why? You're a female. You do this. I mean, I drive all the way to the desert by myself sometimes, just to, you know, chase. And then everyone's like, "How can a girl go all the way to the desert by herself just to chase?" So <laughs> I was like, "Um, it's okay. I, just, I know my. I know what I. I know where I'm going. I have a plan. All this. So it's totally fine."
0: How long is it to the desert? What kind of drive are we talking about?
1: An hour and a half.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. Yeah. laughs> I guess in because, perspective.
1: <laughs> yeah, but because um, in, in Kuwait, because of the invasion in 1990, we still have this, you know, bombs all over, so still not very clean. So they get scared sometimes, all this stuff.
0: That is not something we have to worry about here. So that's, that's different. Yeah. Um, and that actually, that's a good transition. So now that you've chased quite a bit in the States, what's different in like, what does it mean to chase there versus the experience here?
1: It's totally different. I mean, I'm still learning about Twitter and how to read the maps. When I, when I go to the U.S., I just stay. I just you know I just keep quiet and listen to Mike and Britt and Daniel show when they talk. I was like I'm trying to gather all these informations, and then <laughs> I mean, it's totally different language for me, like you know you have to check 700 ma- and bar and then you have to check the shear and then dry line all this stuff. I was like, Oh my God, that's so much to handle and then i tried I tried to. You know, read these maps the way they do in in Kuwait, but it's it's very hard. Because, you know, uh, reading all these weather maps and predictions, especially in this area, it is hard. Because it's a very harsh uh, geographical place, especially in the Middle East. I mean, you just... This this year, we're like hoping for so much storms and then nothing. I mean, it's completely dead. It's just rain. And that's about it. When you see in Saudi Arabia, it's like they had the tornadoes. Like, what, what's going on? So it's, it's very hard to predict. It's very hard to really predict that the storm is going to happen. But you see it in the map. And then when it, when it, when you go on the fields, like totally changed. So I'm trying to get all this information and then try to learn. And I have a friend here who also know how to read maps and just talk to him and say, Hey, listen, I can see this, 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 is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Are we going to have to have storms or not? And then he said, yeah, it's going to be like this. And then when I go and chase nothing. I just end up standing and just watching nothing.
0: How common is it to have rotating storms there? I mean, are there enough ingredients for that to happen with some regularity?
1: No, but it could happen. It happened in uh, 2019. So we had this huge moisture coming and Everything was perfect. I had to actually, talk, uh, at that time, I had to actually talk to my boss and say, hey, listen, it's going to be a storm and I li- have to leave so early. And she was kind enough to say it's okay. So I left. And then I remember I went all the way north to North Kuwait to drive all the way north of Kuwait. So I was like seeing this shelf was like, am I in Kuwait or am I in U.S.? Where am I? I mean, this huge shelf crowd came and I was like, oh, my God, this can happen. If you have enough ingredients and weather and everything. What does
0: it feel like to you to know that you're paving a path for women, for Arab women
1: doing these kinds of things? Well... I hope because funny thing that one time um, on my Instagram, I got a direct message from a, a woman and she said, Hey, my daughter really likes your images and she's really impressed with your storm chasing. And they have this like a show and tell class. She's like, I think she was 15 and, can she use your images and show and tell about it? I said, go ahead. It's like 15. Because, you know, um, nowadays, kids, especially girls, are more into fashion and they want to do like all this fashion stuff. They want to do, you know, they want to be fashionistas, actually. <laughs> so they they just, because it's, it's more of a trend now. They get, you know, paid. they don't have to do all this. But to know that someone really looks up to you and they they want to do it, it's like melt my heart at that time. I was like, I hope all young girls see this because I want them to know if you really love something, you just have to do it, regardless what people say, regardless what. You know, society says this is not a thing a woman would do, but you need to know that you can do it. If you want to do it, you can do it. So I just want to spread that message to everyone. And when I said I don't know any female photographers, uh, storm chasers, Arab storm chasers, I just I really want to know if there are any. Because, you know, I want to meet with them, talk with them, you know, have this community in this region that, hey, we can do this. We can take images, we can chase, we can just drive and then, you know, document these stuff, especially in this region. Because, like I said, a tornado happened in Saudi Arabia. And when I get to see the videos, like, very graphic quality. And, just, and then you just, I had this idea, I was like, oh my God, if I was there, it will be perfect. If let's say a storm chaser, a woman's female, or at least a man who can chase there and take images, the whole world would see that. Okay. It's happening in Saudi Arabia. It's happening in Milan. It's happening in this region, in the Middle East. So climate change is something, but we don't get to see that because it's more of, you know, men are in the desert and they happen to be there at the the right place or maybe some people are chasing. You know, there is like group of men, uh, chasers like, they go there and chase. But when you see the images, like when, you know, when s- as a storm spotter, they take images and it's like a shaky one or like videos, like home videos, like this need to be documented in a very good way. But we don't get to see that in this area, especially. And if there is any female photographer Arab, please come out and tell me who you are. Because and we need to spread the knowledge. Maybe she maybe she doesn't have the knowledge, you know, because for me to be able to get enough knowledge to read the maps, I can spread it out there and, you know.
0: Sounds like we need a Girls Who Chase chapter out there.
1: I hope so, I hope so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, let's switch gears a little bit. Talk to me about... Why you chase? So, what is it about chasing for you that you feel like kind of hooked you, and then keeps you coming back?
1: It's like you're asking me why do you drink water. (laughs) Honestly, it's 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 a question everybody asks. Why do you chase? Is like, I just love to see nature. I mean. Seeing a cloud forming into this amazing LP or HP is like something, something I cannot even imagine in my life that one day I'm going to see it, but I did. And seeing a whole birth of a tornado is something that makes me feel alive. Actually, it's like, I feel I'm breathing. I feel like I'm alive. It's like. It's like I'm falling all over again and again and again with nature. And see, this beauty is capturing me to go back again. It's like my love to coffee. I just have to have my coffee. (laughs) I love it. I have, yeah, (laughs) I have to, I have to go and chase. I have to travel and chase. I have to go and see, even if it's, I mean, in Kuwait, when I see like, I know it's a crappy storm but i really have to go and there and chase it and see it for myself because i really love when i learn more about weather i love to learn about everything i mean it's it just it keeps me alive to go there you know open roads and then just chase
0: you know the the I love the analogy of falling in love over and over again. That's actually, I think you might have nailed it.
1: Yeah. Like every year, it's totally different. I mean, traveling from Kuwait to the United States with all the expenses, the tickets, everything. And you know that you might end up not seeing anything. And it just hits you and say, it just hits me that I remember in 2016, it was like nothing. And it was just one day with the first supercell I see in my life. I was like, I love it. <laughs> even, even the feeling of a bus chase is, is amazing to me. You just learn and learn. I mean. You just have to go back. Every year it's different. Every year it's a new knowledge to me. Every year you see something and you just fall in love again with the whole thing.
0: Interesting. So even a bus chase is still a win for you because it's a learning experience. Yeah. Yeah. So given all of that, then what does being a girl who chases mean to you?
1: everything i mean we women and girls can do everything and if you think about if you see two different images taken by a male or a female it's totally different sight. i mean a male perspective is they do this i mean especially when you when you see um a male photographer, landscape photographer, they just go, tend, and take those images, dreamy images, and everything, or even a storm chaser. It's like, it's the feeling when you get when you see that image is different when you see a female photographer taking that image. You feel that both they have the same passion, but you just get attracted. To me, I believe that we have an eye, even looking at beauties, totally different. To me, I feel that we can also show the beauty of mother nature. You see, mother nature at the end is a female. <laughs> so we can show the beauty of that also as as from our own perspective, from our own point of view, from our own eyes. What do you think
0: the best life lesson is that chasing has taught you? <laughs>
1: so many i mean the best lesson is always always study your maps and always expect a bust anything can happen like seriously anything can happen i mean i learned that in the states and i've learned that in kuwait because i have failed so many chases in kuwait i mean i nailed one Maybe a couple of ones, but it's also, you have to expect that knowledge does not stop. You need to learn, you need to ask questions so it, it can learn. And then always expect that the storm will not happen. So that's the major life lesson to me. And then what happens then?
0: So if you apply that to kind of life in general... And you keep your expectations low, (laughs) I guess. What what does that mean when something good does happen? Well, you get so
1: excited about it. You just, you know, you just embrace it. I mean, to me, life teaches so many things. I I don't keep my expectations so low and not so high. Just, you know, right in the middle, just hanging there. But always, I mean... You get to learn so many things. If, if you get, I remember having my first tornado in 2017, it was like, I didn't expect I will see one even, you know, when people talk that it's not going to be a good season, it's not going to be a good chase. But when you see that, it's like something else. You just feel joy. You just feel happy. You just feel excited. Okay. I, I really want to see it. At some point I remember, um. I don't want to take images. I just want to see it. I just want to see the, ter- I just want to watch a cloud. I just want to watch the weather. I just want to watch the whole thing in my eyes. I just want, don't want to take images. I, you reach that point that you want to live the moment because life have, have given me this, you know, amazing gift that, okay, today is your day. This is a chase day. So embrace it. So this is what I feel.
0: That is a really difficult balance. I mean, that I, I've thought about that a lot where I, I sometimes have wonderful photos of a storm, um, but I don't have that kind of mental m- memory of my experience in that moment. And I wish that I did. And so it is, sometimes you have to take a minute, put the camera down, put all the gear away and just be so that you can kind of like absorb that feeling
1: yeah. Yeah. I I remember I had this um this feeling when I first um when I went to Iceland and saw the the northern lights for the very first time in my life I was like embrace the moment. I remember I didn't take images and um Jeremy Walker, the photographer that I went with in the workshop and he said, Take put the camera up, just point it. I said, I don't wanna take images. I just wanna live the moment. You know, just live it. I want to live it. So this is this also that what happens. I all forget sometimes to take selfies with the storm. I I mean this this year, I, Sudan Sudan t- tornado was like so photogenic. After it ended, it was like I did not get that selfie that I want. I was living the moment. I was like looking at it. You know, from from. The drop of the tornado is like, oh, my God. And then I go back and say, did I take enough images or as I living the whole moment by myself? No, I have I get to have this feel this this moment every time I come and chase. Well, you did get some good selfie footage
0: because that was pretty much the cornerstone of our promo video. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> glad I don't to. That was actually that was like you know um, when I see those images um, and and social media when my friend Go and she said, they have this huge LP Storms like bucket list I need to have that in my portfolio you know when you have this bucket list I said oh yes check <laughs> and I had to go you know with my Sony RX. I was like yes
0: yeah. it was great footage. I mean, honestly, I think that that video would have been uh, half as awesome without it for sure. So
1: and we were like, we were like happy we were like screaming sticks after this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing, too. I mean, I've never
0: actually taken selfie footage, um, like footage footage. Well, I've never taken a selfie of myself in front of a storm either, but I'm going to try to do that this year because you can see the joy on your face, you know? I mean, that's one thing I think that people pointed out about the promo video is just the pure joy of people's faces of of being in that moment and having that experience. So it is important because then you also get to capture that and take it with you as well. What important lessons have you learned that you wish you'd known when you started that you'd want to share?
1: Oh, well, I wish I knew more about maps when I started, because when you go back and think of all the storms that you have missed, because you didn't know anything. And I was like, I wish I knew, I mean, we don't have, like I said, uh, workshops or colleges that you can attend in here to learn more about meteorology. And just the basic learning is Google, YouTube, and more of these channels, but it's totally different perspective when you read maps in the States, it's totally different than when you read it in, in this region. So I wish I learned more at least the basics how to get those because the past year we had like amazing storms, amazing haboobs and all these lightning images that I missed. I wish I knew all this honestly. Or maybe I basically I wish I had major in that. Gotcha. Yeah. What
0: tips tip or tips do you have for other female chasers
1: in just a time never, never never stop learning. and never listen to anyone who can who says you well, you cannot do it never expect someone that will say yeah you did it you just tell yourself that you did it because to me your number one fan is yourself I've learned that during, you know, during my whole photography journey because no one said, oh, hey, look what she's doing or look to her images, expect that. I love my images and it's out there. Everyone is seeing it and I'm proud of myself that I did take that image. Also, I got some support, for example, in my Storm Chase in US, I got the support of, you know, when I joined Mike and Britt, all these guys, you know, I learned from them and they got to do this, but I did that. I mean, I took this image, no one got my camera and took it and you just never expect anything from anyone. You just do what you love and then let people see it. it. It will make a huge noise actually.
0: Truth. That's great advice. Yeah. Well, I think my last question is where can people find you on social media so we can go see some of those awesome photos?
1: Yeah. Um. Actually, I'm on in, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And I have my own webpage, which is www.slpsych.com. And my account, Sarah underscore also. I think you can write that down because it's very hard to pronounce. Okay. Um, all these images I take is out in the web.
0: And we will definitely drop those links in the show notes. And it was wonderful talking with you and learning a little bit about how you got chasing and and your some of your adventures. And hopefully some of us will get to meet you in person out in the Plains this year.
1: I uh, hopefully it was an honor, honestly, and thank you so much. And hopefully I see you this year.
0: A big thank you to our media tier level Patreon sponsors whose recent arrival and support is ensuring the continuation and growth of the Girls Who Chase podcast. They are Nazli Zainab, Angela Kramer, Jonathan Fireeater, Jen Lowry, Jennifer Grant, and Betsy. Today's episode was recorded and edited by me, Jen Walton. Our music is by stormchaser Lori Bailey in collaboration with artist Ines Lobo. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. You can follow us at Girls Who Chase on Instagram and Twitter to hear about our upcoming events and see storm photos and videos from our badass contributors. You can support this initiative by donating or by becoming a Patreon member where you'll get exclusive access to storm chasing content, forecasting information, and merchandise. You can find links to all of these at girlswhochase.com and in the show notes. Signing off for now, we'll see you under a mezzo.